Behold the, behold the power of God who created the earth and the heavens and all that in them is. Isaiah 40.26 says, That bringeth out their host by number. He calleth them all by names, by the greatness of his might. For that he is strong in power, not one faileth. Hebrews 1.3 Who upholds all things by the words of his power. By his great power, with signs and wonders, by a mighty hand and a stretched out arm, he brought Israel out of Egypt. Exodus 15.6 and 11 says, Thy right hand, O Lord, is become glorious in power. Thy right hand, O Lord, hath dashed in pieces the enemy. Who is like unto thee, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like unto thee, glorious in holiness, fearful in praises, doing wonders? Even in the days of his flesh, Christ was filled with the power of the Spirit. Matthew 13:54, In so much that they were astonished and said, Whence hath this man this wisdom and these mighty works? Luke 9.43 And they were all amazed at the mighty power of God. Matthew 28.18 And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and earth. He is coming again in the clouds with great power and glory to smite the nations and rule them with a rod of iron, from whose face the earth and heaven will flee away, from the face of him that is king and king, and Lord of Lords, before whom every knee shall bow. Today I want to contemplate the power of God, to consider its mighty work in and through man, that we may be able to partake of his mighty power and thereby share in the likeness of Christ's life. Thine, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty for all that is in heaven and in earth is thine thine is the kingdom O Lord and thou art exalted as head above all first chronicles 29:11 now scripture says to us in colossians 3:16 let the word of christ dwell in you richly which is just to say let the power of god dwell in you richly because Luke 4.32 says his word was with power. And Psalms 33.9 says, For he spake and it was done. He commanded and it stood fast. And Isaiah 55.11 says, So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please. And it shall prosper in the thing whereunto I send it. God's mighty power is revealed in his self-fulfilling word, which is to say that those in whom and through whom the word of God is fulfilled have the power of God, as we read in 1 Thessalonians 1.5, For our gospel came not unto you in word only, but also in power. 1 Corinthians 4.20, For the kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. 1 Corinthians 2.5 That your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. John 1.12 But as many as received him, he gave them power to become the sons of God. 
in Romans 9.17 For the scripture saith, even for this same purpose have I raised thee up, that I might show my power in thee, and that my name should be declared throughout all the earth. Those in whom the word of God is fulfilled know by experience that the God of Israel is he that giveth strength and power unto his people, Psalm 68.35, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, 1 Peter 1.5. God is my strength and power. He maketh my way perfect, 2 Samuel 22.33. Why then is it that we who claim to have the word of God do not reveal this power in our lives. Now Jesus tells us in Matthew 25, 1, he says, Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins, which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. And five of them were wise, and five were foolish. They that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them, but the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. Now Psalms 119-105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet. No lamp can shine without oil. Without oil there is no source of power. The lamp is only the means through which the latent power in the oil is revealed. It is like an automobile engine. It is powerless without fuel. It can do no work. Only where the lamp is filled with oil can it give light. Only through the power of God can the word of God be fulfilled. Only through the fulfilling of the word is the power of God revealed. The two are inseparable. As a lamp without oil is of no use, God's word without God's power is of no use. Many today claim to have the power of God, to have light, but their lives are not in harmony with the word. They walk in the lusts of the flesh. Their claim is a lie. They may have a power, but it is not the power of God. It is the power of darkness. Similarly, many today have a form of godliness, but deny the power thereof. They have the words of God, but have no oil in their lamps. It is not enough to believe and accept the Bible without the power of God. Believe in Christ. Church attendance is of no value. Only as the power latent in the oil is released through the lamp does light shine. Without the power of God, the Bible, a knowledge of the truth only brings a greater condemnation. The foolish virgins have the word of God. They are waiting for his coming. They are indistinguishable from the wise virgins during the day. They are united with them. They have the same sincerity, the same hope, the same beliefs. They do similar works, but they are destitute of God's power in their lives. Their lamps cannot shine. They have a form of godliness, but in their lives deny the power of God. But the night cometh, wherein the emptiness of their souls will be revealed. The wise virgins also have the word of God, but they have the power of God which makes them to shine as lights in the world, a spectacle to men and angels. 2 Corinthians 4.6 says, For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness 
hath shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Philippians 2.15 That ye may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God, without rebuke, in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, among whom ye shine as lights in the world. Daniel 2.3 And they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament, and they that turn many to righteousness as the stars for ever and ever. Isaiah describes them, those in whom and through whom the power of God shines. He says, Arise, shine, for thy light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. The Lord shall arise upon thee, and his glory shall be seen upon thee, and the Gentiles shall come to thy light, and the kings to the brightness of thy rising. We see this experience clearly in the lives of Moses and Abraham. Moses, the giver of the law, and Abraham, the father of faith. It was through Moses that God's mighty power was revealed. It was through Moses that the water was turned into blood, who smote the firstborn, who parted the Red Sea. He brought water out of the rock, fed Israel in the wilderness, and caused the earth to open up and swallow his enemies. But it was not so at the beginning. God's power could not be manifest through Moses. It was not because Moses did not love and believe in God, for we are told in Hebrews 11:24-25 that he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God. Yet, in spite of this, in spite of his love for God and his word, he was at that time a foolish virgin. He had the lamp, he had God's word, and he believed God's word, but he had no oil in his lamp. What word did he have? Patriarchs and Prophets 2.45 Angels instructed Moses also that Jehovah had chosen him to break the bondage of his people. But he thought that he needed to supply the oil. He thought that the word was to be filled through his own effort, his own wisdom, his own power, the work of his own flesh. You see, Moses was a mighty man, the leader of Pharaoh's armies, a master military strategist, one of the most brilliant minds of his age. God had given him these talents, and he thought that God endowed him with these talents for him to use in the fulfilling of God's word to free the children of Israel. Patriarchs and Prophets 2.45 He, supposing that they were to obtain their freedom by force of arms, expected to lead the Hebrew host against the armies of Egypt. In looking to self, Moses set aside God's power. He loved God, but his trust, his confidence was not in God, but in self in his own belief in God's word, and in his own ability to fulfill that word. One day, seeing an Egyptian oppress an Israelite, he slew him. Moses thought that the Israelites would understand this as a sign for them to rise up under his leadership and free themselves from bondage. What a mess he made of things. Instead, he had to leave everything behind and flee in fear for his own life to a distant land. A fugitive, his reputation and greatness gone. He had to live the life of an exile, away from his friends, his family, his people. 
He had to abandon his skills, his training, his career, his ambitions, everything that had made him who he was. How now could God's word concerning him be fulfilled? To all appearances, he had made it impossible for God's word to be ever fulfilled. Do you think that he repented of his own wisdom, of his own works, of trying to fulfill God's words in his own strength? It took Moses but a few hours to learn that he had no power at all to do any good work that the wisdom and works of his flesh were worthless and that only through God's power could God's word be fulfilled. Does this mean that there was nothing for Moses himself to do? To just believe and accept the word? To sit back and leave everything up to God? That no effort at all was required of him? No, not at all. It is not enough to have and cherish the lamp. His lamp needed to be filled with oil. It took Moses 40 years to obtain that oil, to surrender all confidence in himself, to set aside his own ideas, to abandon the works of his own flesh, to remove self out of the way, to become a new creature. Only then could he be filled with the power of God and his word concerning him be fulfilled. Only then could his light shine and his face did shine with the glory of the Lord so much that the people could not bear to look at him. Why did Moses have to put off self before God's power could be revealed through him? Why could not God have used him as he was? God's power is a consuming fire. No flesh, that is our selfish nature, can endure God's power without being consumed. God told Moses, Thou cannot see my face, for there shall no man see me and live. Exodus 33.20 This is why the power of God cannot be made manifest through self. Those who have not put away self would be instantly destroyed in the presence of Christ's glory and power. Only those who are free from self are able to bear God's power and like the burning bush not be consumed. Now Korah, Dathan and Abiram were envious of Moses and his mighty works and they felt that they were just as capable of leading Israel. They felt that God's power could be revealed through them as it was through Moses. They did not understand that self has no part in the exercise of God's power. They did not understand what it means to be holy. They judged the outside of the cup They said to Moses, Ye take too much upon you, seeing all the congregation are holy, every one of them, and the Lord is among them. Numbers 16.3 They thought that having a form of godliness is to be holy, but to be holy is to be selfless. They could not see that only he that has put away self can stand before a holy God. In their self-confidence, Korah and his company took censers and presented themselves before the Lord at the door of the tabernacle together with Moses. And Moses said, Hereby ye shall know that the Lord has sent me to do all these works, for I have not done them of mine own accord. Numbers 16.28 In an instant, 
Korah and his company were consumed by the revelation of God's glory and power. This is why God's power cannot be revealed in selfish man. This is why Habakkuk 3.4 tells us that there is a hiding of God's power. Unless man has died to self, the revelation of God's power will destroy him. But even this work of laying self aside, Moses could not do. It can only be accomplished through the power of God. We are to cooperate with God by pleading with God to fulfill his word, his promises towards us. In Patriarchs and Prophets it says, He was naturally impatient, but he had taken hold firmly of the grace of God, and so humbly implored wisdom from heaven that he was strengthened from God and had overcome his impatience so that he was called of God the meekest man upon the face of the whole earth. And Testimonies Volume 5, 345, Christ will be revealed in us if we are indeed branches of the living vine. Day by day and year by year we shall conquer self and grow into a noble heroism. This is our allotted task, but it cannot be accomplished without continual help from Jesus. Resolute decision, unwavering purpose, continual watchfulness and unceasing prayer. Each one has a personal battle to fight. That I might know him, page 115, it is a fatal mistake to think that there is nothing for you to do in obtaining salvation. You are to cooperate with the agencies of heaven as you realize your inability and weakness and cry for help. A divine voice will come to you from the battlements of heaven saying, Take hold of my strength. Moses needed to learn that dying to self, the distrust of self, is not a one-time affair, but must take place continually. As Zechariah 4.12 says, the oil in our lamps is continually being used up and must be constantly refilled. Unless the power of God is continually replenished in us, our lamps will go out and we are left resorting to our own works to fulfill the word of God. Self steps into the emptiness and assumes the place of God's power in our souls. And instead of light, the darkness of our souls will be revealed. Patriarchs and prophets again, but now, at last, even the patience of Moses gave way. His lack of patience and self-control was evident. Moses manifested distrust of God. Shall we bring water? He questioned, as if the Lord would not do what he promised. More than this, Moses and Aaron had assumed power that belongs only to God. When they angrily cried, Must we fetch you water out of this rock? They put themselves in God's place, as though the power lay within themselves, men possessing human frailties and passions. Wearied with the continual murmuring and rebellion of the people, Moses had lost sight of his almighty helper, and without the divine strength he had been left to mar his record by an exhibition of human weakness. In claiming that it was his own power, in his own works, that God's word is fulfilled. Moses put himself in the place of God, Satan's masterpiece of deception. Self was sitting in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. For know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost? 1 Corinthians 6.19 
God could not permit this false gospel to stand. He rebuked Moses for promulgating Satan's lie that the works of self is the means by which God's word is fulfilled. If self does the works, God's power is absent and Satan exalts because self has no power to resist Satan and the soul is led away captive by his devices. Now Abraham is called the father of the faithful but he was not always this. He too was at one time a foolish virgin. Like Moses, Abraham cherished and believed the word of God. Genesis 15.5 And he brought him forth abroad and said, Look now towards the heaven and tell the stars if thou be able to number them. And he said unto him, So shall thy seed be. And Romans 4.3 Abraham believed God and it was counted unto him for righteousness. Yet, while he believed God's word, instead of relying on God's power to fulfill his word, he also thought he needed to fulfill God's word through his own effort, through the works of his own flesh, in begetting Ishmael. Galatians 3.3 says, Are ye so foolish, having begun in the spirit, are ye now made perfect by the flesh? In taking Hagar to wife, Abraham revealed that while he believed God, he had no real faith, but trusted himself to fulfill God's word. His lamp was empty of oil. Real faith is not just believing the word, but is depending on God's power alone to fulfill his word in and through us. Faith is seeking the heavenly oil. It is pleading with God to be emptied of self that his power may be revealed and he alone be glorified. It was only after Sarah was past age and Abraham was even good as dead, after all hope was gone of doing anything at all to fulfill God's word, after all the means of the flesh had been extinguished, that God's power could be revealed and his word fulfilled. Only then could Abraham exercise real faith in God. Only then could God's power be revealed in him. Galatians 3, 6-7 Even as Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness, know ye therefore that they which are of faith, the same are children of Abraham. Like Moses, Abraham had to learn the hard way that his own wisdom, his own works, can never fulfill the word of God. In having Ishmael, what a mess Abraham had made of things. He didn't just bring trouble upon himself for 40 years like Moses had, but he brought trouble upon the entire world that will not end until Jesus comes. Isaiah 64, 6 All our righteousnesses are as filthy rags. No matter our intentions, our motivations, our own works can never glorify God. It is only the works that God does in and through us, through his mighty power, that have any value. Our own works of attempting to fulfill God's word are not just useless, they are a curse to us. Galatians 4.29 But as then he that was born after the flesh persecuted him that was born after the spirit, even so it is now. Like Moses, there was something that Abraham had to do before he could become the father of the faithful. You see, in surrendering his home, his friends, his family 
and even his country. Abraham had given up much, but not all of self. God does not share his glory, his power with self. While any part of self remains, God's power cannot be revealed, lest self take the glory unto itself. Abraham had to cast out Ishmael, his beloved firstborn son. He had to undo everything he had done. Galatians 4.30 Nevertheless, what saith the scripture? Cast out the bondwoman and her son, for the son of the bondwoman shall not be heir with the son of the free woman. But casting out his own wisdom, his own ideas, his own works was not enough. He had to die a more complete death to self. He had to abandon his most cherished hopes, everything he held dear, even his only hope in the fulfillment of God's promise. He was called to slay the son of promise. Romans 4.18 says, Who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations. Hebrews 11.17 By faith Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac. For he that received the promises offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said that in Isaac shall thy seed be called, accounting that God was able to raise him up even from the dead. Having learned that only through God's power can God's word be fulfilled, Abraham could be justified by works, not those of his own flesh, but by the works of God in him, wrought in him by faith. James 2.21 Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he had offered Isaac his son upon the altar? The work that justified Abraham was not his doing of the word of God, but the emptying of self, a work which no man of himself can do, a work that only God can do in man with man's cooperation, a work which takes self out of the way, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit, Romans 8, 4. Now Abraham's experience is an object lesson for all who desire to do God's will, to fulfill the righteousness of the law. For it is written that Abraham had two sons, the one by a bond maid, the other by a free woman. But he who was of the bondwoman was born after the flesh, but he of the free woman was by promise. Which things are an allegory? For these are the two covenants, Galatians 4.22-24. When the Lord declared the law from Sinai, the Israelites sincerely desired to fulfill the word of God and entered into a covenant with the Lord to do so. Exodus 19.8 All the people answered together and said, All that the Lord has spoken we will do. They desired to fulfill God's word but look to do so in their own power, their own strength, in their flesh. They may do many good works, but the flesh, self, can never do the works of God. Romans 7.21-23 I find in a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man. 
But I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. And Romans 8.8, 8, So then, they that are in the flesh cannot please God. The commandments are not a to-do list that God has left for us. Their only purpose is to make us realise our weakness and our desperate need of God's power, to drive us to seek Christ, to do a work in us that we cannot do for ourselves, that his mighty power and works may be revealed in and through us. Galatians 3, 19 and 24 says, Wherefore then serveth the law? Wherefore the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ. Those who have the power of God will fulfill the word of God. Their lives will reveal the works of God. This is why God had to make a better covenant. Hebrews 8.6 But now hath he ordained a more excellent ministry, by how much also he is the mediator of a better covenant, which was established upon better promises. This covenant was not based on our own promise, of fulfilling God's words, but on God's promise to make his words to be fulfilled in and through us. Ezekiel thirty six twenty seven, and I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes, and ye shall keep my judgments and do them. Many today, like the Israelites, refuse to believe that God is able to do this, and for them it is impossible. Similarly, God declared to Israel that he himself would drive out the Canaanites before them. Exodus 34.11 Observe thou that which I command thee this day. Behold, I drive out before thee the Amorite, and the Canaanite, and the Hittite, and the Perizzite, and the Hivite, and the Jebusite. Yet, Israel refused to give up their own ideas, their own works. They refused to depend upon God alone and chose to believe that in their own strength, the Canaanites were to be driven out. Numbers 11.31 But the men that went up with him said, We be not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. They wanted God's word to be fulfilled towards them. But refusing to give up self, they made it impossible for God's power to be revealed and his word to be fulfilled in them. They limited the Holy One of Israel, Psalm 78.41. Like the foolish virgins, after the door was shut, they presumed to fulfill God's word, to enter into Canaan in their own strength, without the power of God. Numbers 14.44-45 but they presumed to go up unto the hilltop. Then the Amalekites came down, and the Canaanites which dwelt in that hill, and smote them, and discomforted them, even unto Hormah. Sadly, they never learnt that self must die for God's promises to be fulfilled. They saw the power of God around them every day, but they never had the power of God in their hearts. That generation died in the wilderness, never having obtained the promise. And a new generation arose, one that could show the works of God. Only after the old man of self was dead and buried, 
could the new man arise through which God's mighty power could be revealed and his word be fulfilled. 1 Corinthians 10.11 says, Now all these things happen unto them for examples, for they are written for our admonition, upon whom the ends of the world are come. The foolish virgins have the word of God, but do not have light. They do not understand the light. They are blind to it. They do not care for it. They see nothing in it to be desired. To them it is unnecessary. They can do without it until it will be too late. John 1, 5 and 11 says, And the light shineth in the darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. The foolish virgins are satisfied with their empty lamps, their powerless form of godliness. They do not understand what Christ meant when he declared in Matthew 5.16, Let your light so shine before men that they might see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Devoid of that light, the foolish virgins console themselves that their own good works, their own efforts to fulfill God's word will do that this is the light that God wants them to shine before men. Matthew 23:5 All their works they do for to be seen of men. The Bible says all such are cursed. Galatians 3:10 For as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse. Our own good works, the fruit of our own efforts to fulfill God's word is not the shining of the light. They are but sparks of our own kindling. They do not glorify God but build up self. The foolish virgins offer strange fire before the Lord, like Nadab and Abihu. All who walk in the light of the sparks of their own kindling shall lie down in sorrow. Isaiah 50.11 For by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. Galatians 2.16 All our good works that we perform in our own strength are worthless. Galatians 6.15 For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision availeth anything, nor uncircumcision. Our good work is not the shining of the light. Only through the power of God can the light shine. 2 Corinthians 4.7 That the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. God's power is not revealed in the good works which we do in our own strength but in the doing of those things which is impossible for us in our flesh to do. Only those works, the fruit of faith, reveal the working of the mighty power of God. Seeing the mighty works of Christ and their own lack of power, the foolish Jews asked Jesus in John 6:28, What shall we do that we might work the works of God? They did not understand the power of God, as Jesus said. Ye do err, not knowing the scriptures, nor the power of God. Matthew twenty-two twenty-nine. We can never do the works of God. Only God alone can do the works of God. What is the work of God's mighty power? Ephesians 1, 19 says, And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to uswards who believe according to the working of his mighty power. That good work that God requires in us performed by his mighty power is that work which Christ does in our hearts 
This work, wrought by God's power through his word, is impossible for man to do for himself. Philippians 1.6 Being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. You see, the word that's translated as your, where it says that they may see your good works, can either mean the works you do or the works that are done in and for you. Now some may think that the power of God is having an emotional experience or having an inclination to do God's will. They are mistaken. God's power does not in any way work in cooperation with self. Self has no part in doing the works of God. Only a self is taken out of the way is the power of God revealed. The work of God is to break the spirit of man. It humbles man to the dust. It unmasks the corruption of his soul. It leads him to abhor himself and repent in dust and ashes. That self may die and a new man arise in the power of God, in the image of Christ, Colossians 3.10, to do his works and speak his words. Acts 5.31, God has exalted Christ with his right hand of power to be a prince and a saviour, for to give repentance to Israel. It is for this purpose alone that the power of God is revealed. Micah 3.8, but truly I am full of the power by the Spirit of the Lord, and by judgment and of might, to declare unto Jacob his transgression, and to Israel his sin. John the Baptist came preaching the baptism of repentance. It says in Luke 1.17 that he came in the spirit and power of Elias. John 5.35, he was a burning and a shining light. And Peter, filled with the power of Pentecost, declared in Acts 3.19, Repent ye therefore, and be converted. For this purpose was the mighty power of God revealed through Paul. Acts 15.12, Then all the multitude kept silent and gave audience to Barnabas and Paul, declaring what miracles and wonders God had wrought among the Gentiles by them. And Acts 26.20, But showed first unto them of Damascus and at Jerusalem and throughout all the coasts of Judea and then to the Gentiles that they should repent and turn to God and do works meet for repentance. What is this work, meet for repentance, that God requires? It is the distrust of self. It is self-abhorrence. It is contrition. It is continual pleading with God for a new heart, a new mind and a new spirit. Messages to young people, 162. He who learns of Christ is emptied of self. The Apostle Paul had this experience. Repentance is the only means by which self can be dethroned, that self might be crucified with Christ, and in so doing die, that we might have the life and power of Christ. Philippians 3.10 That I may know him, and the power of his resurrection, and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. 1 Corinthians 1.18 For the preaching of the cross is the power of God. 
signs of the times, December 27, 1899, Christ's message to the people was, unless you repent, ye shall all likewise perish. And the apostles were commanded to preach everywhere that men should repent. The Lord would have his servants preach today the old gospel message. We want old-fashioned sermons, old-fashioned customs, old-fashioned fathers and mothers in Israel. Christ will accept the soul who comes to him in true repentance. A broken and a contrite heart he will not despise. Only a self is taken out of the way. Only after the works of the flesh have ceased can the light shine. Only then can God work through us and his power be revealed. Only then is God alone glorified. Those that have shared in the likeness of Christ's death can share in the power of Christ's life. Message to young people 162, Jesus emptied himself and in all that he did, self did not appear. And he bids us, learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart. If any man will come after me, let him deny himself. Let self be dethroned and no longer hold the supremacy of the soul. Jesus declared, I can of mine own self do nothing. John 5.30 The Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. John 14.10 Verily, verily, I say to you that he that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also, and greater works. Than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father, John fourteen twelve. To Jesus, who emptied himself for the salvation of lost humanity, the Holy Spirit was given without measure. So it will be given to every follower of Christ when the whole heart is surrendered for his indwelling. Mount of Blessing, page 20. Now Jesus answered and spoke unto them again by parables and said, The kingdom of heaven is like unto a certain king, which made a marriage for his son, and sent forth his servants to call them that were bidden to the wedding, and they would not come. So those servants went out into the highways and gathered together all as many as they found, both bad and good. And the wedding was furnished with guests. And when the king came to see the guests, he saw there a man which had not on a wedding garment. And he said unto him, Friend, how camest thou in hither, not having a wedding garment? And he was speechless. And then said the king to the servants, Bind him hand and foot, and take him away, and cast him into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth, for many are called, but few are chosen. Matthew 22. Many will come to the wedding feast, but few will have the wedding garment. We are told in Christ's object lessons that the wedding garment is the robe of light that covered Adam and Eve in Eden. The wedding garment is the light that radiates around all those that are filled with the power of God. Like the man in the parable, the foolish virgins have devoted time and effort to attend the wedding feast. They have denied themselves some worldly pleasures to gain entrance. But it is all of self and for self. They cannot put on the wedding garment unless they first take off the robes of self. But self 
is powerless to do so. They do not know what it means to take off self and put on Christ, nor how to do it. Ephesians 4.22 and 24, That ye put off the old man, which is corrupt according to deceitful lusts, and that ye put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. They presume that God will give them entrance and accept their desire and efforts to enter the wedding feast. But too late they discover that self can never have a place at Christ's table. The man who came to the feast without a wedding garment represents the condition of many in our world today. They profess to be Christians and lay claim to the blessings and privileges of the gospel, yet they have never felt true repentance for sin. All these expect to be saved by Christ's death while they refuse to live his self-sacrificing life. They extol the riches of free grace and attempt to cover themselves with an appearance of righteousness, but their efforts will be of no avail in the day of God. Christ's object lessons. Never having experienced the power of God, they do not know what true repentance is. It is alien to the natural man. He cannot know it. Their trust is in self. They trust in their own faith, in their own sincerity, in their own efforts, in their own good works as a surety of salvation. But they do not have the faith of Jesus. They do not have the power of God. They have not experienced the work of God in their hearts. True repentance is the only means by which self can die so that we can be transformed into the image of Christ. It is the evidence of God's power working in the heart of man. It is the beginning of the shining of the light in the darkness of man's soul. It is the only ground upon which God's power can be revealed through man. It is not a once-off affair. It permeates the entire life of those in whom Christ dwells. It is a continual realisation of the deceitfulness of self and a continual seeking to God to be free from self. This is what God means when he says he will give you a new heart and a new mind and new spirit. It is a contrite heart and a broken spirit, one that clamours to be empty of self. Repentance is the only means by which we can take off our carnal garment and be clothed with the wedding garment. This self-repudiating repentance can only be wrought in man through God's mighty power. This is what Christ meant when he said, Let your light shine before men. Let them see your repentance and glorify God. We can talk about the Bible all we like, but the light will not shine without the power of God. It is only as the self-dying Lamb of God is seen in us through our repentance that others are brought to repent and imitate the holy pattern and that God alone is glorified. Colossians 1.29 Whereunto I also labour, striving according to his working, which worketh in me mightily. Our work is to cooperate with God in repudiating self. Like Moses and Abraham, we must first learn that our works Our own attempts at fulfilling the word of God are useless. It is only as we continually repent from ourselves 
and plead with God with strong cries and tears, can self die and God's power be revealed and his mighty works be done in and through us. 2 Corinthians 12.9 Most gladly therefore will I rather glory in my infirmities, in my weakness, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. The wise virgins have experienced the work of God. They have no trust in their own works, in their own faith. It is all of Christ and none of self. God's word is fulfilled in them and through them. Their lives reveal the very works and power of God for his glory alone. Together with Christ they declare, The Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. Lord, thou wilt ordain peace for us, for thou also hast wrought all our works in us. Isaiah 26.12 For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Philippians 2.13 they have put on the wedding garment. This robe, woven in the loom of heaven, has in it not one thread of human devising. Christ, in his humanity, wrought out a perfect character, and this character he offers to impart to us. All our righteousness are as filthy rags, Isaiah 64.6. Everything that we of ourselves can do is defiled by sin. Christ's object lessons. How can we obtain the wedding garment, the robe of light, the power of God, and do the works of God? Only by sharing in the life of Christ. Education, page 50. As a man, Jesus supplicated the throne of God till his humanity was charged with a heavenly current that connected humanity with divinity. Receiving life from God, He imparted life to others. This was the source of his power. All who through faith experience continual self-repudiating repentance are as burning and shining lights in the world. God's power will be revealed directly through them as it was through Moses or it may be revealed in them as it was in Abraham. In either case, the mighty works of God will be seen in them according to his word. Ephesians three fourteen and 16 For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might, by his spirit in the inner man. Unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above that which we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. Ephesians 3.20 That ye might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, strengthened with all might, according to his glorious power. Colossians 1.10.11 According as his divine power has given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. 2 Peter 1, 3-4 The bridegroom is at the door, but soon it shall be forever shut. Are you certain you have the oil of God's power in your lamp? Are the works of God revealed in you? Or is it the works of self 
no matter how good they may be? Are you sharing in the likeness of his life? Are you living each day in the power of his resurrection? Plead with him today, like he did, to be emptied of self and be filled with the mighty power of God.